Hey everyone, today we have Bert Soren on the podcast. Information you can trust, stories you can relate to, and tips and tactics you can apply on your next adventure. Hunting, fishing, camping, and everything in between. This is the Battle Mountain Podcast. Hey man, uh, thanks so much for taking time out of your day to hop on the podcast. Hey bud, how's it going? Oh dude, it's... You know, it's that time of year, right? We we figure out what what licenses we have drawn and or what adventures <laughs> we're going on, and it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's you know setting cameras if you're into that thing, making sure shooting lanes are cut, and make sure the boots are broken in if you got new ones this summer, and all the you know which broadheads you're going to use, and all the all the fun things that make us you know chase our tail. <laughs> right? Isn't that the truth? Well, and and on top of that, like. You know, working on because uh, I anytime you go on any type of adventure, when when shit starts to hit the fan and things get really really hard, you know, if you're if you haven't worked on mental toughness and things like that as well, it doesn't matter how good your equipment is. <laughs> right, right. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean that that's where it really all hits the road. Right. Is it's just kind of like your operating system. What's your default operating system? Right. Is is uh, you know is it hey, this got a little bit tougher than I expected. I think I'm going to bow out and be done. Or is it, well, we'll take a different approach. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you hate to say it, like there's honestly, this is probably going to sound sissy, but like there's kind of a place for both based on what the outcome needs to be. Like there, there's, a, as a business owner, sometimes the, <laughs> hey, this might it's not sound as cool, but sometimes the overhead isn't worth the output, right? And so at times you got to go, all right, what are my resources, whether that's energy or time or, you know, days that you have on field left, like, or even a resource could be your opportunity that you might have a specific buck or a bull or something like that. And sometimes kind of packing it in might be the best answer. And, and, and strangely enough, but it has to be for a reason, not just like, this sucks. I don't, I don't enjoy this anymore or, or, you know, you know, and so there, there's do two ways of looking at it. And I come from the competition background. And so, you know, I always attempt to do hard things and, and harden and, and steal myself. But at times you, you also have to go, Hey, you know, the best long-term approach on this success plan is potentially rest or it's back off or it's like, let's, let's put things in the most advantageous position to win, not just suffer. And, and that's something that I love the suffering. I love the struggle and the struggle well mindset, but I'll be honest, I'm a competitor and winning is, is a big thing that I look to do, you know? So I think you have to put those two pieces of the puzzle together and, um, and they're almost, uh, you know, although they're, they're hyper related, it's sometimes they're on this, uh, like on the same continuum, but at different parts of it, if the struggle is the, is the goal, well, I could go and just move a bunch of rocks in my yard and it will suck. Like, but that doesn't get me anywhere. Right. Yeah. And, but, but like, if only killing a deer or whatever is the only goal, well, then if my morals were there, I'd just go poach it at night. If that was the only goal. Right. So then it's, I'm not saying I'm poaching stuff at night, but you get my point. Like you have to decide what is the outcome that you're looking for. For me, it is a challenging struggle that is almost above what I'm capable of, but I could still have a potential to succeed. And I, the goal is to succeed. The goal isn't to 
have a real good time and see what could that, you know, the goal like as a competitor <laughs> is to get the job done. So I don't know. I, 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 I enjoy having philosophical discussions with people based on how they view life, how they view business or their hunting career or whatever that may be, because sometimes you could just go through the motions and get addicted to going through the motions for um, sure. You know, and that's, I, I was talking to a gentleman the other day, that's this training here and he was a star college football player and he's training and for the NFL, like he's like, yeah, I'm getting ready, blah, blah, blah. I'm training for the NFL. I was like, Hey, let's just make sure that like, that is what you want to do more than anything in the world. He's like, Oh, that's what I want to do. I want to be in the NFL. I said, okay, here's the second part of that. Make sure you become addicted to your vision and drive of wanting to actually play in the NFL, not tell people you're training to go be in the NFL. They're two different things. And it's easy to slide if you haven't had success in a while to slide into, well, this is just what I do. I'm training for this. Well, dang, at some point you better get there or at least you better have a chance to get there or right. kind of like, let's be honest with ourselves, go do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I don't know. I, I like to look at it different ways because I've had a lot of success and I've had a lot of failure and I've always had to balance those two things and go, okay, was this a legitimate thing that I was really training for or do I like the sound of it? Right. Well, and, and, and that is that, I mean, you, you brought up so many good points just in that little excerpt that you, that you're speaking <laughs> on. Well, seriously, because think about My it. monologue. Sorry. No, no, it's something that, cause that's, that was one of the things that I was really looking forward to discussing with you on the podcast was things like that, because you know, I, I reached out to, I believe, you know, you know, Bo Sandoval. Sure. Um, I Bo's reached out to awesome. him. Yeah. And he's good. He's going to do a podcast too. And when he, he immediately goes, well, you know, I'm not, not your, you know, I don't know as much about bows and stuff as your other guys that you've had on. I was like, well, I, you know, that's completely fine with me. Cause I want to dive more into like the warrior mentality and the mindset in doing stuff, even though, you know, it's going to suck, you know, cause yeah. There is times in life and you know, as well, or maybe even better, especially with your athlete background where it's like, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to push myself to reach this outcome that I want. And it's probably not going to be fun. <laughs> it's probably oh, yeah, not going to be fun the whole time I'm there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there, that, that is where, and if it's truly a challenge, you know, to like to quote Michael Easter, uh, author of the comfort crisis, like if it's truly a challenge, there's like a 50, 50, whether there's going to be success at all, barring the whole thing. Is it really freaking hard? Like really freaking hard is just like lowest barrier of entry. Like actual success is, if that's like 50, 50, it's like, Ooh, okay, let's play this game. This is interesting now because there's a, there, there's a, an a outcome that is not preordained. You know, if you were told me that, like, Hey man, today I need you to go, I'm just making up something, go bench press, um, 135 pounds, but you need to do it a hundred times today. You could do it as take as many sets as you want. Like that would not be fun to me because I know I could do it. It will just suck getting there, but I know I could do it. So there's like the question and the struggle is not there. It's just work. It's like moving rocks in the yard. It's like, ah, I got a lot of shit to do now. Right. Um, whereas if you were to say, hey, I need you to go and hike around in the high desert for this mule deer that's a 2% success rate. Oh, okay. Now we got ourselves a game, boys. Like this is interesting now because it's going to suck. But then there's also uh, – 
if if I win, if I win the one thirty five for a hundred in as many second sets as it takes me bench press, eh, it's not a it's not a win. And I'm just using that as a as a obviously like easy to see example. <clears throat> but I think there has to be a couple different components to is is the struggle worth it? I I don't do well if the struggle isn't worth the outcome because I would rather spend my time doing something that I really want to do. No, and that and that what what I don't do well with the most is is being in the moment and focusing on whether it be at the gym or shooting my bow or what or going for a jog, right? What yeah. I end up happening to me and and I truly think it's something that I need to figure out and get over um cuz I start using it as an excuse and a crutch. What happens to me is I'll be out there jogging and be like, "Man, I am behind on all these projects. Why am I not home working on them? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're exactly. And heck, you might not be wrong, right? Like, I mean, unless you have to prioritize your life at some point. I mean, you know, as much as I love killing deer with a bow or rifle or whatever, that's not currently paying my bills. And I'm an idiot if I'm out putting up stands and shooting my bow if my my family isn't eating you know like there's, there's certainly priorities um, <laughs> oh yeah that's but, the truth but, yeah but you know so i mean hey you might not be dumb with thinking that way but that that's where it comes to priority and i would say like you know all of us probably have legitimately more time than we think we do based on we probably screw around on social media or take too long of craps or whatever we do that, that we could squeeze some more time out of the day so yeah i i agree with you but you know as far as jogging I've had to do some getting ready, but man, I would much rather put an 80 pound pack on and walk around than, than with nothing and just run on the road. Like I could run on the road literally for like a hundred yards. And it's just like, I hate this. I hate everything about it. It's, it's kind of painful because I'm running on pavement. It's wildly boring. The output sucks. It's just like, it's not that hard. Ugh. I, I just usually go into going back to the cave and I'll do like, intervals of like shooting my bow and doing step ups or squats. Cause at least it's like kind of enjoyable because <laughs> it's kind of hard and kind of different, but it's just like, uh, people that could jog far in my opinion are like magicians because they, <laughs> I don't know how they could do that. It's wild. I'm glad I'm not the only one because I'm uh, like, okay, today I'm going to run a mile and that's not far. And I can do that in like eight minutes, right? And I'm like, okay, wow, cool. Go. I go down, I run four minutes one way roughly, you know, and I turn around and come back. And I'm like, okay, so I'm going to do this for a little bit. And then next thing I know, though, I'm like, oh, well, I, you know, I could probably go farther. And then I'm doing three miles. And then I hit six miles. And I'm like, I, I feel like I was out here way too long now. I just wasted it all, <laughs> all this time. Right. Why the hell am I doing this? And... You know, I, I, uh, growing up, I just did sports in high school. Um, but I remember people trying to talk me into do track and yeah. in my mind, I, it was kind of like what you're saying. You can just go out and move rocks and you don't really get anything from it other than get sucked. Right. And that's yeah. exactly how I felt about track and nothing against people that do track. It just yeah. wasn't for me. I was all for running when I was running so I could be better at football or running so I could be better at basketball or whatever else. But running just so I could go run more was like, hell no. <laughs> just not for yeah, me. Yeah, I, I kind of wish I just had this little superpower. I could just go run as far as I wanted and it was enjoyable. But man, like 
Oh, people that run a marathon, I guess I could probably do it if I had to, but it's wild to think that there's people or like Cameron Haynes, like that guy will crank out a marathon and under three hours in the morning, like he'll literally get up and by seven o'clock in the morning, he's almost done with the marathon. And you're like, (laughs) what? Like that makes no sense. I I, I just don't, I just don't get it. And and I I think it's awesome. It's just, wow. It's when it's something so far from how my brain works. It's like, wow, that's, that's just cool. Good, good for you, man. The people that could do it, rock and roll. Yeah, for sure. But I, and, and that goes kind of back to, uh, you know, obviously we talked a little bit this, uh, before the call, we we hurry up and got it started so that we didn't waste your time and mine and then not be able to talk about it again. But, you know, one, one thing that, that I think is very powerful is being able to callous over your victim's mindset. And, mm. and that's something that, that I really want to discuss with you and dive deep into because I think no matter what you're doing in life, um, I think you have a choice and a decision and your choice and your decision is going to open different doors. And, yeah. you know, you make one choice and you're so like, let's, let's do a really simple one. Like I, I'm not going to drink tonight and okay, cool. So here I make it night one, night two comes up and you're like, ah, oh, man, you know, beer kind of sounds good. But right then that decision, either you're not going to drink, or you're going to stay on that path. or You're going to have one beer. Even if it's one, you still weren't true to yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I want to, cause I think everything in life comes down to choices and man, you, you, to, to get to where you want to go will never be easy. Um, it'll be worth it. Most likely, as long as you stay on the path that you actually wanted, <laughs> it's right. It's when you get off that path because somebody else came along and said, no, you should be doing it like this, or you should try this or whatever else. But yeah, I just, especially with your background in sports and then the, the, the couple, um, things that you guys started where, where people are coming in and doing all kinds of different things with you, like, I don't know. Yeah, man. like summer strong and winter yeah, strong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, a victim's mentality is not something I've, I've really ever had. Like, I believe you're a victim of your own circumstances and choices. Like if yep. you want to call it victim, like, okay, fine. I mean, but generally, you know, you know, I, I did this years ago. Uh, I carried a, a little mirror around my pocket and different employees were like, Hey, this is happening. Blah, 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 blah. Like, Hey, let me, let me show you like, like how, like who was in charge of that? And I'll pull the mirror, mirror out and I'll just hold it up. I'm like, Hey, like if you're in a good position or a bad position in your life, the mirror will show you who did that generally. I mean, okay, I get it. Like you're walking on the road. Someone just walks up and whacks you in the head with a hammer. <laughs> you probably didn't have a whole lot to do with that. But then again, you did because you decided where to be and you weren't paying attention. And like, you know, there's yeah. so again, still like, I, I, I don't like even say, Oh my gosh, this happened to me. You had an opportunity to put a spin on the ball at every point at, at most points, at mm-hmm. least you, you, even in a crazy situation as that, well, were you, were you walking where you should have been? Were you paying attention to your surroundings around you? Did you have any kind of defensive things like this, all this stuff, like you had a way to change the the trajectory of the situation at some point. So once you realize that always in life, there is some bit of spin on the ball that you could put on there. So if the ball that you caught sucks, 
you threw part of it, you know, and, and that's so that, that's where the victim stuff for me never really played. Um, and generally, you know, I, I try to curtail and, and like narrate my life in the way that is, is the story that I would be okay as an 80 year old man, uh, you know, rewatching. Like I, what I hear someone said the other day, it said like, how do they put it? They said the only two people that you should be um, trying to impress is the eight-year-old you and the 80-year-old you. Is the eight-year-old you excited and and looking up to who you've become? Or would that would that person be impressed and inspired by you as a, let's say I'm a 45, as a 45-year-old version of me? Would the eight-year-old Bert think the 45-year-old version of me is is awesome? And that had lived up to the dreams that I had as an eight-year-old. And then would the 80-year-old version look back at the 45-year-old version and say, wow, you, you held your morals and you did it well. And I'm proud that that was me. And so, like, I like to look at it that way. And that mm-hmm. kind of clears up a lot of stuff, right? Yeah, at that for sure. Point, you're like, you, there's not a lot of people to blame. There's not a lot of bitching. There's not a lot of other stuff. And... um it just it just makes you realize that every action or every every thought you have turns into a feeling that turns into a potential action. So every action that you have has a spin on the ball of that story of your life. Like, hey, I'm not I'm not going to drink tonight. Okay, that will have an action down down range at some point, good or bad. Probably good, but maybe bad. <laughs> like I don't know. Like maybe you should have <laughs> had a beer tonight and you'd have been more relaxed and you wouldn't have said something stupid to your wife. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I mean, there, there's always things, but when you realize that like, you're literally, your, your hand is on the pen that you are writing the story of your life every day. And you're the one holding that pen. I think people would probably take their life a little bit more seriously and their actions more seriously and have more intention and intent behind what they do because they realize they might realize that they're making a really shitty movie. A lot of people are, they're making a really shitty story through their actions and through just their mindset. So right. that's not a very hard thing for me to grasp. I've always kind of thought that way. So then because of that brings in the excitement of you're saying, Oh, cool. I have a semi, uh, a, a semi unlimited budget to write my story of my life and budget, meaning not necessarily dollars wise, but like, Hey, let's be honest. Like we're in a time and place where you could kind of do whatever you want in life there. there you, you could, you could touch greatness and, and create that as however you want. So if that's the case, Holy crap, you're letting me just do kind of what I want to do in life and, and, and write it however I want man, I am not going to squander that opportunity. So that's where, yeah, for real. you know, and then really I was talking to someone the other day and I was like, we were talking about, uh, I would say like a midlife crisis per se, but like a midlife uh, audit, <laughs> I guess the way, the way to put it. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I'm 45. So you see kind of people in this age, like they'll, a lot of times they get, they'll start doing things they did in their maybe like happiest or formative years. <clears throat> and then I, what I found was, although I had years of, you know, of, of weightlifting elite track and field, and then, uh, you know, as a th- heavy athletes, the Scottish Highland games, like all these sports, which I very dearly loved and, you know, in business and all this other stuff, I kind of found like around 40, 
I was like, man, I just wanted to do all the, I want to do all the stuff that I wanted to do when I was 10, which was, <laughs> you know, I wanted to be relatively like strong and formidable. Okay, cool. Got that. I wanted to wear camo and run around the woods and chase stuff. Okay, cool. I'm doing that as much as possible. Uh, you know, I like, I used to like riding a skateboard. I'm like, well, what's saying I can't ride a skateboard every once in a while? Like, so I literally kind of just found myself kind of going back to the stuff that just really made me happy as a kid mm-hmm. and, you know, hanging out with my buddies and, you know, like going to doing fun adventures, which fun adventure when I was 10 years old might have been going, you know, across the neighborhood on a bike to a, you know, a, a, a drainage ditch I've never seen before and like, doing whatever you know like but now it's like okay cool i'm going to go to arizona and go after mule deer it's kind of the same thing right and so the funny part is is like you just when you realize that that stuff is possible um you know and then it just like okay get off your ass and go do it and and stop letting all the other stuff in your life clog your decision making skills or your or your actionable steps and and stop thinking like, oh, I might, well, you could do that, but my life isn't set up that way. Well, shut up. Set it up that way. Like, you're the guy on the, the hands on the steering wheel. If it's going in the ditch, you're the one driving it there. Right. Like, for the most part. So. Yeah, no, but for real, you know, and that's that, that all ties kind of full circle into, you know, just literally just before I clicked record, I said, man, I've watched some of your videos and you're about to jump in some freezing ass cold water. I don't know how cold <laughs> it is. Um, yeah, it was 41 that morning. The one was snowing. 41 degrees. Yeah. We, we, I did it with the meat thermometer. I was like, Ooh, 41. That's going to be interesting. So, <laughs> it was shocking. <laughs> exactly. So I, you know, and it's not like you woke up that morning, had a cup of coffee, looked at the water and you're like, you know what? I'm really, I, I want to jump into this water. It's going to be, you know, it, it's going to be fun. Like, right. I would Here's imagine that's not what went through your head. <laughs> uh, what did happen was <laughs> I woke up and we had just moved into that house like a month or so before we had just put in a pool, which was like maybe three weeks old at the time. And I looked out and it snowed on new year's Eve, which was awesome. Woke up New Year's morning and there's three inches of snow everywhere and all, there's just a, there's white everywhere and then just a big blue pool in the middle of it. I'm like, man, this is just beautiful. There's not a step. There's no uh, there's no footprints. And and I was like, you know what? There, I always look for the opportunity for extraordinary experience. So I'm like, you know, that pool is going to be cold as crap. <laughs> and when am I going to have the opportunity to jump out of this out of a snowbank? A snow on a top of a snowy rock into a into an ice cold pool on the first day of the year, and what I'm going to do, I'm going to convince my kids to do it too, and uh, and so basically, I basically I just got them <laughs> pumped up, and so part of me was like, there's the salesman in me is like, I think I could I could change this situation for the positive right now, so uh, you know, of course, I started a little bit with my older, I was like. You know what we're gonna do? You know, like we just—I just kind of like work him like a turkey. You know, just like <laughs> call at him until he just gets fired up, and uh, and then I just wanted to see if they do it, and uh, it was it was pretty cool. So that—that yeah, that was part of it. it. Was like I was pumping myself up to do it because I knew it was gonna suck, but I knew if I did that the first thing that morning, not only would it be an extraordinary experience that I wouldn't forget, but that probably any other decision that day was going to be considerably easier than that. And all I had to do was let gravity do the work. If I was man enough to stand on top of that rock and lean forward, 
my ass is going in the water. And so I don't really have to do a lot, but endure it at that point. And then I kind of do the math. I go, okay, I got to endure something that sucks for 30 seconds to a minute. Oh dude, if you can't do that, then like, come on, you're not the man that I thought you were. And then, so I decided I'm in at that point. Like I, I talked myself into it. You're in, is it going to suck? Heck yeah, it's going to suck. <laughs> now, now it's, can I get other people to embrace this suck? So then they c- I could push them to a level that they haven't been before when they could walk out and we all come back in and we get in the hot shower together and we laugh and we're freaking out because we're shivering so hard. I'm like, wasn't that amazing? And it's eight o'clock in the morning. We all we've already done something super fun today. Right. And so like, I try to do that, like with my kids and honestly, my friends, my friend group, like, like that's something <laughs> that I think a gift of mine is. And I enjoy it because I like kind of coaching and pushing people to another level and I'll jump in it with them, whatever that is, you know, let's do it. But you know, I want every day to, I could walk away with, there was something extra, extraordinary or interesting that day versus, well, went to work, came home, ate dinner. It was a day. It's like, ah, that pretty much sucks. Right. Um, I only have so many more days on this earth. I don't know how many that is, but I don't want to piss them away. No, for sure. For sure. So that, that throughout that, you brought up a lot of points. Um, one, I think, I think that there's power in embracing the suck as, as a group as opposed to individually. I think certain people, and you mentioned Cameron Haynes, um, uh, maybe someone like David Goggins, you, like they are mentally strong enough to be able to embrace suck alone. And not in, mm-hmm. in you might be too, but I don't think everyone is. Um, so, right. so you brought up something very interesting right there to me because – you know, here you are mentioning, you know, I talk my kids into it and then, and then I talk my buddies into it and, and chances are your buddies might be like on their own and be like, hell no. But you know what, if Bert's going to do it, we're going to do it together. We'll do it. Yes, correct. And then, then I, then that actually empowers me internally and goes, wow, if I have the opportunity for whatever influence that I may have, if I had the opportunity to push someone to do something extraordinary today and put a check mark beside their day that they could go, man, you see what we did earlier today? And it's like, gosh, if I could give them a little piece of their life that they get to enjoy, and it's not like I shouldn't say I give it to them, but like nudge them in the direction to take that bite of life that they might not have. I think that's my gifting. I think that's something that God's put in me that goes, hey, man, you're pretty good at this. And then I go, hey, every time I do it, my life gets better and I get to see those around me, the life get better. So, okay, let's just do that because it's super fun. And I've never, not any time recently has something like that happened. I'm like, oh, that was dumb. I shouldn't have done that. Pretty much every time, you know, a year or two later, I'm sitting around with my buddies and they're like, man, that was so badass. Thanks. You know, like, I can't believe, I can't believe that I did that, but you kind of convinced me and it was super awesome. It's like, oh shit, that's perfect. Yeah, that's that's what you were looking for. You that's know? what I was looking for. I mean, that's the payment, man. Like that they had a great time and their life got better. That that's the that's the payment. Yep, yep. So w- with with that, um, let's just kind of touch on the what it takes mentally to do things like that, but also stay consistent with doing things that. I do. They could be literally anything, right? I mean, obviously you mentioned, you know, get your friends anything. involved and things like that, but just staying consistent. It's freaking hard, man. It is. <laughs> like, it is. In some ways I think about it like, um, 
I had this like weird, I'm not OCD really at all, but I have like a, uh, a thing of like fullness or high potential being like, you know, and I'll explain it. Like high potential is comforting to me and high potential could be anything from literally a full quiver of arrows to a bow. That's the most sighted in to a cell phone that has a full charge. Like that little, like if my cell phone's at 92%, it's like almost all I could think about is charge it to a hundred because that gives me the fullest potential to go as long as I can do as much as I can for the net. Like I love a full gas tank. I love a full magazine of bullets. I love like that. That's just one of those. Like if I could meal prep and I have all my, like for some reason, I've just kind of dissected it. Like that feature um, of being ready to the utmost is like very, very uh, fulfilling to me mentally and emotionally. And so that's how I, I kind of view it. And I go, well, if I could, I view my day and my life that way. It's like, what things can I pack into my day? So it, at the end of a month, if you're like, Hey Bert, anything interesting that you did? Generally I take pictures, of a lot of stuff. So I can look back at my phone and go, Oh yeah, this and that, and this and this and that, and this and this. I'm like, Wow. I had a very extraordinary month that maybe not of it was planned, but you find little opportunities to continually level up your potential as stupid as, Hey, I'm going to make this call a minute to, to a customer, but I'm just going to hold my breath as long as I possibly can before I call them. And it might work for two or two and a half minutes or whatever it may be. And then I'm going to get my breath and I'm going, so I'm going to, maybe go four minutes until now that I'm going to do the thing I need to do. I'm not procrastinating. I just worked in a little miniature workout and a challenge. It was like a really low barrier of entry, but I walk away going, haha, I'm maybe a 10th of a percent better now than I was three minutes ago. And I see it like, uh, like if you're walking down the road and there were dollar bills everywhere, I literally see the world this way. If you're walking down the road, there are dollar bills everywhere, and all you have to do is pick them up. So they're 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 oper- That's why I see opportunities, opportunities for extraordinary things. They're always there. It depends on if you see them, and if you take the time to pick them up. But if you do, you can narrate an amazingly extraordinary life just by taking the time to bend down and pick them up and bending down and picking up those opportunities means, Hey, I'm going to go do something kind of like I'll walk through the gym and like, I'm going from our, our gym is at our office here. And I'll like, Hey, I got to go back and meet so-and-so to whatever. And I was like, I'll push a sled for 30 yards from one side of the building to the other. Like, ah, was it programmed? Did I write it down in any of my stuff? No, but you know what? I got that much more volume in today that I just kind of cheated out of the day. It took me an extra 30 seconds, but you know, you do that enough times every day consistently and you, and you, you, you actually have the, the, what I think Einstein called eighth wonder of the world, uh, compounding interest. You have compounding interest of amazing and and extraordinary things that happen all day to the point you're like, man, at the end of the year, you're so freaking far ahead of where you would been. It's ridiculous. And it didn't take that much. It just took consistency of looking for opportunities to put money in that bank. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's something to be said about, you know, those, like you mentioned, those little challenges and, and like, it all goes back to, I mean, it goes back to so many things, right. But one little thing that it really reminds me of is, you know, in the military, when they force you to make your bed every morning, right. 
you know, that when it's all said and done and they actually teach you how to make it fast, like they want you to, you can make a whole bed in probably 45 seconds. Right. And so here you are, you're making an entire bed in 45 seconds and you completed task one of the day. You're proud of the end product. Even if it's just making the bed, you're like, shit, well, I did that, you know, like, yes. And then off you go. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. You, you started off on a good foot in a good direction with a positive win right off the rip. And let's be honest, winners win. Like that's just so that, true. That is something I've just found is like competitive people you know, people are a lot of people competitive, but guess what? There's always the same kind of people winning because winners, win. and you know, heck I was on that hunt at Chino and we were talking and it was like, and they, they said at one point they go, killers just kill, man. Like there's some guys that come here and they the physically and skill and all this other stuff is the same. And this person kills three to one what this other person does. And they just like, they just have that little X factor that they know how to get it done. Killers kill. And winners win. It's just, it's just, you know, one of my buddies, he was actually in my house last week, 22 years in the SEAL teams, the highest level. And, you know, just, I don't think I've ever shot with him and he hasn't beaten me. And I'm a pretty good shot. Like I'll generally beat everyone else. Mm -hmm. I've never beat him and he'll find a way. Then we play cards. He'll find a way to win. He'll find a way, you know, we did breath holds. He'll find a way to win. And you're like, oh, right. Because you were the, like the most competitive military unit in the world. And you were the top of that. Oh, right. Winners win. You just know how to win shit. And it's funny. He's been out of the teams for years. And it's just like, there's that still that little gene in there that goes, if we're going to be betting, bet on that guy because he just knows <laughs> how to get it done, you know? And, and I love that. Like, I love that because that just tells me, oh, there's a way that you could you could change some things and and that just starts happening more and more. Um, and, and I don't know if it's, you know, like, uh, you know, the book The Secret or whatever, whether there's a frequency or whether it's whatever, but there's something about it, man, like, certain certain individuals just can can get it done and i that i'm wildly attracted to that and that potential of happening but i think the first part of it is you have to believe it's possible and then you have to start thinking that way yeah and and that is and what's interesting it's you know you brought up the teams and much like your summer and your winter strong at the end of the day both of those as well as Lots of other, you know, like self-development type courses and practices and no different than when all the way back when you were maybe in, in wrestling practice or whatever else. Right. Yeah. People, as soon as they get shown that they can produce more, it slowly starts to become a normal and that wall that I don't think I can do it gets broken down and disappears not really disappears because mm-hmm. it's always kind of there, right? It's always kind of nagging like, ah, we could take a break today or I don't, do you really want to jump into that cold water or do you really want it? Whatever, right? It's always kind of nagging, but right? you get a hell of a lot better at dealing with it. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Your stress inoculation, certainly. Uh, I, I like, I don't, I really don't like, I mean, if given the opportunity, I will sleep in an amazing amount of time. It's shocking. Like, like I slept for 13 straight hours two weeks ago 
And and it was like, oh my! You were in bed from I, I literally was in bed from like nine thirty to eleven a.m. And it was shocking, but like, hey, I went hard for a long time, and so if given the opportunity, I will sleep my face off because I'm always behind. But I always like generally now I make it a point because I know I don't like to. I get up early, and I know I don't like to ruck. But I did the Sig Hunter games, and although we did well. It was definitely like my my weak point was my ability to ruck at altitude, and I'm going elk hunting this year in Utah. So like, hey, we're almost at the same exact place that we were in Wyoming. We're like 50, 50 miles away. So it's like I know what I'm up against. I know my weakness, and if I attack my weakness the first thing every single day, I'm going to get up early. I'm going to put a ruck on. I'm going to go walk. You know, that that makes me feel empowered because like, all right, I'm staring the dragon, my specific dragon in the face every morning and every but after a while, like I was telling my wife the other day, she's like, How'd it go? I was like, I can't even really feel the pack on my back anymore. I'm just kinda it's a pain in the ass getting up just because I don't feel like it. But mm-hmm. once I get my pack on, it actually like the walk to my cave, I call it this is where my gym is. The walk to my cave is actually harder than once I put my pack on and start walking. Like when I put my pack on, it's like, oh, I remember you. Let's go. And, right. But but it's been kind of fun over a few months. It's like, oh, wow. I've kind of slayed that little mental dragon of not wanting to get up every morning and do something that I particularly don't enjoy. Um, but I feel like a win. I come back. I'm, endorphins are up. I'm happy about, hey, I've already I've already put wins on the board today and the sun just came up. This is awesome. Right. And, and then – uh, just like you just stated, you do that first thing in the morning and kick some ass. It's crazy how much, at least for me, and I assume the same way for you, you feel so much more productive as the day continues. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah, you've already got points on the board. It, it's, it's, a, it's, a whole, it's a whole thing. And, and so that, that has been enormous for me. And, and, then, and I'm, I don't ever feel like I'm running from the tax man at that point either because I know like usually I trade in the afternoon – so I've started doing two a days. So I'll do my ruck in the morning. They'll come back and do my weightlifting intervals or whatever in the evening. But I know if I don't get in in the evening, I already know I've already paid the rent that day. Anything above and beyond that is like, hey, cool. I'm just I'm just making double payments on principal right now. Um, and which so it's always that positive mindset versus, oh, I've got to do that or I got to do this or I suck. It's Hey, I'm already a good standing. Let me really lay the gas on this thing and, and excel. So I work better wanting to excel versus being afraid of failing. Fear of failure is a very high motivator as well, but it's for me personally, it's not as big a motivator a motivator as the excitement of success. Right. Yeah, and man, nothing like busting ass and that, that success following like that's always oh, yeah. good like, wildly addictive yeah wildly addictive. for sure so as you know throughout your life um mm-hmm. you know you you obviously were an athlete and you went through all those trials tribulations and the stresses and the struggles and then you moved into um building a business and things like that what were what were some of like the, the big hurdles that that business approached or, or brought up to you that you are kind of like, man, this, this, this one's a new one. I shit. I'm not hundred percent sure what and how to tackle this. I'm going to tackle it. I'm going to go head on, but this, this is a new one. 
Well, the fun part about like having your own business, like, you know, I didn't start my business. My dad did in 1980. So, you know, I've been here 23 years, but, um, you know, know, some people mistakenly, oh, you, you know, founder of Sornex. Like, yeah, I I wasn't, you know, inventing Sornex when I was four. So, um, you know, but as a business owner and, you know, president, blah, 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 like decision maker, everything is that <laughs> like everything is is day, on day to day you're like it, you remember I, I watched i just rewatched um lord of the rings the other day and remember when frodo and sam they leave the shire and he stops in the middle of the cornfield and he's like what what do you stop for he's like i've never been any further than this step yeah and he's like you know and, and it's kind of like as a business owner like every day you're like oh cool never seen this one come down the pipe before <laughs> but um all right. Well, it's kind of like it was in 2007, except all the players are different. The stakes are higher X, Y, and Z. So like you'll rarely ever get a replay. You'll just, <laughs> but there's a lot of like, Oh crap, never dealt with this. And so um, it's tough. It's, it's really tough. It's, it's hard to, um, it, it's, there's not, there's not very much monotony in my position, which is good. But at times it's kind of like, gosh, every once in a while, you kind of like to mail it in for a week, you know, like just, <laughs> uh, Hey, let me clock in, clock out and kind of move on with life. But it's like, well, just kidding. That's not a thing. <laughs> I dude, If I, I, I understand you not, you know, obviously not quite at the magnitude that your company is at. Cause mine is very small compared to yours. But same problems, man. It's exactly. It's just a different scale, you know, like it's all it is like new shit shows up and I'm like, how, how, Hey, how did, how did you even make that happen? (laughs) Like, Oh, it's what? Oh man. Um, yeah, I've laughed about that often. It's just like some, some (laughs) things come down the pipe and we're just like, you can't make this shit up. Like this is, (laughs) this is absolutely idiotic, but guess what? We get to deal with it. You know, it's again, going back to a movie quote, uh, what was it? Gladiator when he's getting all of his memory, they're getting thrown into the, to the pit there to do their fighting. And he's kind of like Maximus is like getting all these people together. He's like, all right, well, we got to, they're like, what's coming out of that door. And they're like, whatever comes out of that door, we got to stick together. We got to move when I say move. And they're like, we call it door number two. He's like, you know, what's coming out of door number one, but, damn if you have any idea what's coming out of door number two so like but what you know is you're going to deal whatever comes out of door number two because like let's go like like we're we're in we're on the launch pad so there's not a question that you have to deal with it it's just it's kind of like a mystery like you open up the easter egg and find out what's in there (laughs) door number two yeah for sure so uh, you know with with uh all the, the, the things we've been talking about as far as, you know, mental, mental strength and mental challenge and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, knowing that, um, obviously you enjoy hunting that that's how we met, I guess for people that don't know, we met, uh, he was, uh, Bert was in Arizona on a mule deer hunt and I was there helping film some of the hunts and I got to, got to hang out with him and get to know him just a little bit there at camp and really enjoyed that time but like it was very evident the love that you have for um archery and hunting and the the whole chase challenge and everything like that and i would kind of like to discuss a little bit about the love that you have for it 
Because I I'm willing to bet that it kind of comes full circle uh, as to what we've already covered in the podcast as far as you know mentality and things like that. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, you know, am I a bow hunter? Yes. Am I a solely a bow hunter? No. Um, I'm a hunter. I love hunting. And I love adventure, and I love uh, if it's a weapon, I think it's cool, and I'll, I'll, I'll use it, and I like it. So. I'm certainly not the guy that's like, well, I haven't shot a rifle since 1993. It's like, well, no, I'll, I'll do quite a lot of that as well. Um, but what I do enjoy is the challenge of it all. And there's always challenges at different levels. And, um, you know, so I, I love one part I like about archery so much is I could do it a lot. I could do more reps with it. I could do it in my yard. Um, the intimacy characteristics of it, of being much closer to the game, you know, the, the sound of the arrow hitting the sound of the arrow flying, the feel, of uh, the, the stress of pulling the string back. Like, it's just a lot more of a, of an intimate experience. It's, and the skill set required is much more like a martial art in many ways and that you can never perfect it. You can always want to be better. And, um, and then also you could see the projectile fly. And so that's strangely enough, something that uh, me being coming from a throwing background, right through hammer and discus and all that stuff. I really love watching things fly that I projected into the air. Right. So, you know, so I love when you touch off on an arrow and you watch that arrow leave your, you know, get pushed by your string, go through your rest and leave and you could watch that, you know, right hand turn of that arrow coming out and watch the veins turn all the way until they disappear into the chest cavity of a, of a deer and you hear it hit. And it's like, for me, that's like having a really long arm and reaching out and touching that wild animal and, and kind of like the, you know, the, I gotcha, you know, you're like, it's right there. And, um, that for me, I just, I love that ability to watch that arrow fly. I mean, sometimes I'll just put on Luminox and just do long bombs out in the yard, right at, right at dark, just so I can see the big tracers. Cause I just right. like watching it. I mean, there's a dopamine hit every time that arrow hits the soft spot of the target. That's the center that I could hear it from 80 yards. out. I'm like, Oh, that was a good shot. Maybe I couldn't even see where the arrow landed, but I just, I could hear the difference where if it's the, the beat up part of the target or the fresh part of the target, yep. like it's just all the senses are, are, trick or tipped off with me on that and i love it and i love that i was thinking the other night like in my years of bow hunting you know i've been successful a bunch of times and i've been unsuccessful a bunch of times and the unsuccessful times i mean there's always a reason there's always something i learned you know they said you either succeed or you learn um, so I learned a lot of things <laughs> and, so uh, <laughs> yeah, right. And so I've learned a bunch of stuff, but it's like, that's the part of it that, that where the elation is so high when it works is because like, gosh, I know that I've effed this up a whole bunch of times for a multitude of reasons. But when, when, you know, you make that shot and it, and it works, it's like, oh gosh, all the time and all the rucking and all the multiple shots a day and all the bow tuning and all that stuff is actually worth it. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a great feeling. I, I, I killed a buck five years ago that was <clears throat> an absolute Uber monster. And, um, you know, and I remember I didn't sleep for two days. I literally didn't sleep. 
I, I was so amped up that although I had walking pneumonia, I couldn't sleep. I would just laid in bed and stared at the ceiling. And, and it, it was like, wow. But, but what the, the premise of that was, you know, at 40 years old, I'd killed a deer. There will probably be a deer of 10 lifetimes. And the, it was the animal or the, the class of animal with the situation that I had dreamt about as since a five-year-old boy going and dreaming of hunting. And I was like, Oh my gosh, now what do you do when the dream happens? It's kind of like if you're a kid, you know, playing football with your, your friends in the yard and you, you do a long bomb and your buddy catches it and you feel like that's like, you know, countdown two seconds left in the Super Bowl. you win the Super Bowl, Like that's the feeling I had. And I'm kind of like, well, gosh, what happens now? Like what happens when what your hunting dream comes true um, and I had to kind of soul search. I was like, okay, were you doing this because of this fantasy you had of this bow hunting or hunting in general, like all these things that could happen and these feelings that you'd have and blah, 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 blah. What if something extraordinary happened? Okay. It happened. Now what? And I talked to my wife and it's kind of, kind of funny. Some other people told me like, dude, you're going to be ruined now, man. If I kill a deer like that, I'd never hunt again. I said, quite the contrary. I can't think of anything but doing this again. Like, right. that's all I want to do now. Now I've proven to myself that it's doable. The thing I never thought that would happen is happened. And my wife looked at me. She goes, "You think you're going to do it again, don't you?" And I was like, "Oh, I expect it many more times in my life now because now I feel like I've cracked the code." And whether that's accurate or not, but that's just my mindset is usually you give me one rep that I hit it right. And I'm going to believe that I could replicate that. And so then like, then like I turned on the afterburners to my effort, you know, at that point. So that's some of the, just the fun ride that you have in this whole experience um, that, you know, in different, everyone would react differently into different situations, but that, that became an addictive quality to it. Um, for me years ago, and it even was prior to that, but, um, I, I actually have to pump the brakes on it every once in a while because I know I could get carried away, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I do know. And, and cause that's, you know, I'm much like you, I am in no means allergic to a rifle and I we're good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hell yeah, they do. And that, that bullet flies a lot. They don't, they don't jump that rifle string. <laughs> no, they don't. Weird. They've never done it. Yet. Pricks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I love the challenge. I love the fact that every time I step out, wherever, whatever state I'm hunting in, wherever it is, it's different than the day before and that evening is going to be different than it was that morning. Uh, you know, I, I love the fact that that is always keeping you on your toes and making you try and think ahead of what's to come and what could be right. Um, mm -hmm. and then on top of that, I love the fact that you can, it's something that you can do with your kids or your dad or something like that and have that bond as well. Correct. And it's just, it's so much, and don't get me wrong. I, I do like to shoot stuff. I like to kill stuff and then eat it. Like the, my, uh, yeah. my freezer is, <laughs> I absolutely love wild game. Um, but for someone to ever just go, well, you know, 
and, and I really don't want to go down this rabbit hole. I just want to say this. <laughs> right. for, you know, for someone to go, well, you guys just like to kill stuff. Yeah, I do like to kill stuff, but it's so, so much more. So, so right. much more. Right. Yeah, it, it, exactly. And do I like, I mean, I'm to the point now where I like to kill certain stuff, you know, whereas early in my life I was like, oh, man, I just want to kill a bunch of deer to prove to myself I could do it. And you're like, okay. I love watching hundreds and hundreds of deer a year now and taking like five and, you know, whether it's, you know, a couple different States or we have a pretty good bag limit here, but I like picking the specific animals for different reasons and then, you know, connecting with that. And then, but I see a deer get hit on the side of the road. I'm sad. I see a dog get hit. I I see, uh, you know, I don't like seeing things die. And I guess I got thinking about it. I was like, I don't like really killing things. If I did, I would just go out in the yard and shoot a bunch of birds. Right. But, but it's like, I don't like doing that either. And I thought like, Oh, well, you know, squirrels being, you know, I'm going to shoot that squirrel. And I'm like, eh, that squirrel's just doing this thing, man. Right. I don't need to, I don't need to kill that squirrel for the heck of it. But you know, this, you know, mature animal who's, you know, to get all, you know, uh, philosophical, but you know, he's, spread his seed he's done his thing like he's the apex of the area you know the whole deal like okay that's a worthy challenge and then there's something i love about walking up to an animal that is ridiculously outsized <laughs> for the the local population and that probably goes back to my days of weightlifting and being around world's strongest man and like stuff like just big things are very interesting to me like if a person is six foot nine and 400 pounds of muscle, I'll just stare at it. Like <laughs> or like, you know, like I met Bill Kazmaier and it was just so interesting. The guy could carry so much muscle, like his traps didn't look like normal traps. His hands didn't look like, and that was so like bred into me young at a young age, which is obviously part of our business. But like that kind of goes on, like, a giant bear or a deer with some big gnarly antlers and big gray face. Like, it's just so cool. There's something visceral about it. The like grabbing my hand around a base of a big antler that I can't get my hand around. It's like, Oh, okay. That is like, I'll, I'll pass up 500 deer this year to do this one time. Maybe. Right. No question. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> And, and it's funny that you brought up the, like the, the mass on the deer and this is kind of a, a different subject, but this is what it made me think of is when I'm out hunting and I see like a pretty good buck and I'll just use deer for example, but I see a pretty yeah, good sure. buck and then I see a deer next to him that's got like, he may be smaller, but he's got, you know, a cheater or a <laughs> really big bases yeah. or something crazy. I'm like, it is all on after that guy right there. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Well, yeah. And let's be honest. Like if we're really looking at it, it's like, okay, you know, again, philosophically, one of that, that one deer is no worth more or less. It's just the one you like. Right. It's kind of like, you know, like your, your wife, your girlfriend, whatever. Like, I don't know. I'm sure she's pretty. I'm sure there's other pretty ones, but I liked her. She was the one I wanted to go talk to. Mm-hmm. There was something about it. It's like, this is just what I prefer. And I don't think people should, you know, have to feel bad because, you know, people, oh, you're just a trophy hunter. You just do this. Like, no, I kill the deer I want to kill. Right. You know, and sometimes 
I go, Hey, I'll talk to my wife. And she's like, yeah, we need two more deer for the freezer. I go, okay. The first two, <laughs> the first two does that come out, I shoot them. And then we got two does fine. No sweat. Like it's, 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 it's shoot the deer you want to shoot. Not the one that is going to make the best Instagram or the best this, or the, you got to do this or you got to be like, man, that one's the one that gets your heart rate up and you're excited about it. Do that one. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure, man. Well, uh, dude, we've been talking for almost an hour and, oh, geez. and about cool stuff. Like I say, like, <laughs> well, like I mentioned to you, I, not always, not, not every person out there are you able to just get on the phone with and talk, you know, mindset and doing stuff you don't want to do and things like that. And so I really appreciate you uh, being a willing to talk about that kind of stuff, but B being knowledgeable on the subject. So I, I really okay. enjoyed this man. So thank you. Yeah. I, I did as well. Thank you for, uh, for inviting me on the show and, and, uh, yeah, I think we talked about some fun stuff and again, it's just, uh, it's just neat kind of sharing each other's ideas and, and having good conversations. That's what it's all about. Absolutely.